Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. If you're looking for clarity on your passion, sign up for my free five-day email challenge today on my website at www.neliahut.com. That's www.neliahutt.com to sign up now. Welcome to another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast. I'm your host, Nelia Hutt, and I am so blessed today um, and grateful to have met a wonderful new friend. Her name is Alita Dodd. Welcome to the show, Alita. How are you? Thank you so much. It's, it was so great to meet you. It was just such a perfect coincidence. <laughs> so thank you for having me here, and I'm doing great. That's awesome. Thank you for accepting my invitation to come to the show. Um, more and more, I'm trying to highlight um, companies that give back, and you're a perfect example of that. And uh, yeah, I am so I feel so blessed to have connected with you as well. So I just want to share your wisdom with the audience and get right to it. So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit more about Alita. So um, Alita Dodd, she is a perfumer with lovers for, I'm going to start that part again. <laughs> Alita Dodd is a perfumer for lovers of beautiful fragrances who cannot tolerate traditional perfumes like me, because since I had my son, I just can't, the smell, you know, so many things to learn about this. Um, through her careful curated ingredients, She's here to show how luxury and nature mix perfectly in a bottle. Her career started as an industrial engineer where she spent many years in healthcare, logistics and supply chain management. Now she uses her engineering and chemistry background to create intricate perfumes. Her focus is to use raw materials that come from small farms and never ever work with anything that is endangered or poses a threat to the environment. So there's no animal testing ever, which I love. Um, when she's not concocting her exquisite formulas, you can find her spending time with her husband, her beautiful two teenagers, and volunteering at school, biking, doing yoga, or daydreaming about traveling. So you can tell she's a career woman. She is passionate about what she does. Um, so today we're going to be talking a little bit about that, but um, I think the focus today is going to be on travel and giving and um, just how it relates to education and empowering youth. And I'm just so excited to get everyone to know um, Alita better because I think the work that she's doing is impacting so many. So thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for that introduction. So Alita, yes, um, congratulations on, on your business and 
and your, your perfumery. And it just sounds so beautiful. I was looking at your website and there's so much to learn. There's so much to learn. Um, yeah. How did this all start? Like, what is your journey? How did it start with, um, with just, you know, wanting to become an entrepreneur and, and giving mixed with your company? How did it all begin? Well, it's funny because I don't think I ever thought when I was a little girl, I wanted to make perfumes. So it, it just kind of led me here. After I got pregnant with my first son, I just, I couldn't tolerate perfumes anymore. And um, I would, during my pregnancy, I would ban everyone that was close to me from, from using perfumes. So my husband had to stop using perfumes and my parents, if they wanted to come, I mean, when they came over, because they live in Nicaragua. So um, it would be, I'd have to warn my dad, especially because he was a big offender. You will stop wearing perfumes when you're here. Um, so, I mean, I had a horrible morning sickness. And then of course, all of that goes away. But that lasted for about 12 years until, speaking of travel, we went to London and my friend that's English sent me to have tea at her favorite place, um, Fortnum and Mason. She says, that's where the tea, uh, where the queen has tea. So you have to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> um, so we went, it was a beautiful experience. I was not expecting that they also had other floors and one of them was a beauty floor and it was a long time I hadn't I hadn't been drawn to perfumes in that way but I saw this this uh so much beauty there and I said you know I'm just gonna go wander around I told the lady all my woes about perfume and she says to me um there's a lot of natural perfumers that are very famous designers and I said no way tell me about that and it just kind of like sparked a little thing in my head i we, I come from a family that loves to cook and my grandmother uh, had an amazing rose and jasmine garden and she used to make like her beauty creams like she'd make she'd use crazy things like the mother pearl buttons she would grind them and use that to um, just put it in her creams and I was doing research a few months ago and I realized that that mother of pearl, I mean, a lot of people use it in cosmetics. It's crazy. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe. It. So just like that, she used to do a whole bunch of things and, um, you know, cooking from scratch, all of that, just making things. And uh, I, I was thinking when I went there, I was like, mm, I know a lot of these ingredients and I use them. And I, and I said, maybe I can make my own perfume. But then you know sometimes we just daydream for for years so like three more years went by until I went to Ireland and I saw it in action I saw this small perfumery in the middle of nowhere you really needed you wanted to to go there you had to make your way there it wasn't you know just part of the regular tourist and um, we got there and I realized just all the beauty all of you know, every single ingredient was featured in their garden in the back. And she said to us during the tour, we make everything here by hand. We do it all from formulation to, to packaging and bottling down to the last ribbon. Every single bottle that leaves this place is made by hand. We take so much care in doing that. And she looks at us and she says, and there's only 30 of us here. So I looked at my husband and I said, 30? 
I can do that. <laughs> and my husband, I think, must have thought, um, yeah, 30 is a lot of people. But in my head, it was just like demystifying the whole thing. And that's how it started. I came back, I enrolled in a course in the UK, and I just, and it took like three more years for the first formula. So um, I can tell you engineering and math, I had no idea how much math was behind perfumes. <laughs> so that has definitely been a big plus <laughs> in my background. And um, yeah, that's how it started. But there's always traveling is, um, there's, it's such a, there's such a special thing about traveling because when, when we go anywhere, um, my favorite thing is to really get to know the local people. We don't go to the, to the big travel agenda places or eat at the, you know, at the big, we want to, we want to feel that local cuisine. We want to be there. We want to just find out about their way of living. And it happens in every single country which is um, just travel is completely intertwined in this whole thing, not just from where the ingredients come from. I love it when it comes from small farms. I love finding out about their history and all of the stories that have been passed down from generation to generation, the care that they take in cultivating whatever ingredient that is, you name it. And um, to me, that's a very special thing. So. We have a big focus in, in doing that. And I feel like that way we help other communities, even of course, some of these places, maybe I won't ever get to go, but I know that we are helping this um, family legacy that has been passed down uh, for so many generations. So it's a, it's a very special thing. There's so much, um, there's so much of that, of, of that emphasis that goes into how I pick the ingredients for the perfume because I want it to be something really special. I don't want it to be just something that's, to me, that's just what makes it. And, and that's why I think that those words resonated so much with me at that perfumery in Ireland, because she said to me, we take so much care in every package that goes out the door. And that's how I want it to be. I want everything that goes in that bottle from the ingredients that make up the perfume to everything that's around it, the packaging, to be sustainable, to be helping someone else in another country, somewhere else that I might never even meet, but I know that I am helping other people that way, so. I love that so much. You know, I listen to you and, you know, it there's so many women and men and um, celebrate women, especially entrepreneurs who have, um, you know, made a success, successful business for themselves. But I really respect the ones that find a way to give back. And in your case, um, just the raw materials coming from the farms and you're giving jobs, like you're providing um, change for the people on the other side. So I love that you use that type of, those type of ingredients and that you're impacting so many people. Sometimes when we buy something, we purchase something as a customer, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. And, you know, there are ways to do things differently where it doesn't impact, you know, positively other countries and other people. And you chose to not work that way. So I really respect you for that. Thank you so much. And it really, honestly, it, it, it goes local as well. So you just reminded me of something that I think it's important. 
I had the privilege to meet this lady from Brazil that lives like 10 minutes away from me. Okay. Um, she's older and in her day in Brazil, she was, she was in high couture. She used to make all these designer dresses and she's amazing. And she still is a seamstress. She came to the United States, um, I don't know how long ago, but she just happens to be the neighbor of a friend of mine. And when I found that out, I asked her if she would make little bags for me for the, for the 50 millimeter bottle of perfume, which is the bigger bottle. And I did it for two reasons. Um, one, I wanted to create something that was sustainable. And during the pandemic, when we only were going to the supermarket and I didn't necessarily want to carry a big purse, I would just put my credit cards in my, in my pockets and leave the house. So when I was thinking about packaging for, for the bottle of perfume, I thought, why can't I just make a little pouch that people can just put their cards and take them with them? So it just served so many purposes because it was sustainable. It was something that could be reused. I, at least that would be my hope. And then I got to um, work with a woman that's remarkable and um, it, she's local. So it was just a win-win on all counts. And that was, that's what makes this project like so special to me mm. that uh, I can see it. I can see it firsthand. I can see it locally. And then even the things that I can't see, like you say, but um, it's just really like a win-win on all counts. <laughs> So Alita, this, um, how did you start? I understand this started when you were quite young, but how did um, this, this passion for giving begin in your life? Oh my gosh, I have seen it really just growing up. My grandmother was uh, a woman that just, that's what she did. She, um, my father, uh, my grandfather was a dentist. He also had, um, he also had farms, so uh, they were they were well off. And in those days, women really did not work or did not need to work. For her, in her case, she did not need to work, but she worked. I'm not even kidding you. Just to, I think all of her money was for charity. Mm. And this is in so, Nicaragua, right? This is in Nicaragua, and they're from a tiny town, so the milk would come early in the morning in uh, pails, right? They would basically be delivered by a horse, if you can imagine that. <laughs> and um, she'd have like these two big, huge pails that would come and um, she would start making her, you know, her packages. So when we were there on vacation, little girls, I mean, I must've been like seven years old, she would send me to drop off the milk so go take this liter of milk to so-and-so. And this other thing of milk goes over there to the other person. And there I was, can you imagine like pigtails? And I, I think it was a blast because I would have my friend to get one side of the pail and me the other side and just kind of like skip along. And the milk would probably just, you know, spill a little bit here and there until we got to the house but I would go deliver the milk. And then she had a neighbor that was a widow and she had a, um, an adult child who, who was very ill. So my grandmother would send them a plate of food every single day. And whatever was cooked at our house, she would pack up a, a plate and she would send us and she'd say, okay, go take this plate of food. And that was our job. 
think that was normal and fun. And I don't remember ever grunting. I think it was a ton of fun to go and drop a food and drop of milk. And I think you, I think I just kind of grew up seeing that. And I'm also from a country that's very poor. So when I go back, I have the privilege of making, um, just of making a difference. And for me, it's so important, I think, if these children were given the opportunity to have education, mm. if they were given the opportunity to see what's possible. Sometimes we all need that. We need that art of what's possible, right? For me, it was that burnt perfumery. I saw it right in front of my eyes. They, they gave me that image of mm -hmm. what was possible. And I know that we all need that. We give it to our kids and a lot of times they follow in, in our footsteps, that's what they've seen. But imagine the people who don't have the means. And I see it, I see it so close to me, so close to where my mom, I mean, my mom lives. And um, <clears throat> it's, I know the opportunity is there. And I always feel that if they were just given that image in their heads, if they were just given the opportunity of a pair of shoes so that they don't have to go with holes in their shoes to school, um, all of that. And one time we had just come back from our trip to Nicaragua, we, we go often. And um, my kids were very young. They, I think I had a, <clears throat> a first grader <clears throat> and maybe a, a fourth grader. And I said, well, you know, someday I would love to walk into a school and mm. just give shoes to everyone. And I said, you know, some of those kids don't even have shoes. And I love the minds of the kids because mm. they are, they're not complicated. <laughs> this was something we were, we were talking about the other day, how they don't see obstacles and challenges. No. They come up no. with an idea and just, they skip all of the negative stuff and all of the hard stuff and just this is what we're doing you know and and even the story with your grandmother you had spoken to me earlier before we hit record on this interview about how you feel that giving is also hereditary it comes from uh parents teaching children teaching children you know and i think that that's so important um because of that background you know, it's another perfect example of how we are impacting our children and how our projects are starting. So can you tell me a little bit about uh, how the Lemonade Stand, tell our <laughs> audience how the Lemonade Stand became something bigger and is now Nick Aid. Can you tell us that story? Absolutely. So that time we had just come back and I basically blurted out, Someday I wish I could just give shoes. I mean, it's something that's been in the back of my head for a long, long time, but you, it, life gets busy with, with kids and with no kids. And we, we mean really well, but there's so many other priorities we need to take care of. But like I said, the kids are very just clear and there's no complications in their lives. They looked at me and they said, oh, no, we can do that. We can do that right now and they said let's just have a lemonade stand and I looked at them and I said um yeah sure let's have a lemonade stand and I didn't know that they were really serious about this because that weekend came and they were like all right so we're having a lemonade stand right and I said wait wait a minute I mean 
you just heard my story about how we like to cook and how we like to make everything. I'm here thinking, if I'm going to have a lemonade stand, I'm going to have a lemonade stand. I'm going to be squeezing those lemons and, you know, um, it's going to be great frozen lemonade and whatever. But they, I said, okay, let's do it next week. But again, we just got busy. Next weekend came, they were there reminding me. And those kids just did not leave me alone, basically. And until I said, okay, all right, let's make a, let's make a date. And they invited their friends. Some of them came and they just held the, the signs and it just turned out to be such a huge, beautiful morning from people that were just passing by and all of the friends that they had invited. And we raised over a thousand dollars that day and we went back. That That's December. hard to do with uh, just lemonade. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. I mean, we had baked goods and we had smoothies and I told you it was a fancy lemonade stand, <laughs> but, um, of course we also got some donations from the kids that were passing by and, um, you know, $10 here, 50, 20 fives. And it was just so beautiful. And we asked my mom to buy that that time we had enough money to buy uh, backpacks, school supplies, shirts, uniform shirts, and socks for the kids. And um, we asked her to buy them over there, which was another great way to do it because she went to the local market and she bought it from the from the locals. And when we got there in December, we packed up the bags and then we distributed them. So it was full circle. It was from procuring and raising the money to packing the bags to physically giving them, which I can't even tell you how impactful that was, especially because we ran out of backpacks. We got over 300 people that day. Um, and, uh, and that feeling of, oh my God, and my kids were very young. And, and one of them just basically said, Oh my gosh, you know, some of those kids left with nothing. Mm. So it just kind of like helped us to, to think about the next time. How are we going to do it? Mm. And how are we going to make sure that we have for everybody? And it just started growing. We had some donations. We, uh, we partnered with this other kids um, institution that they were collecting shoes. They gave us shoes. So we ended up taking shoes that, that next year um we had some backpacks donated as well some another year so every year we did we did something we did something different and that's how it that's how it was and it, it's just been it's been a wonderful thing with covid we have not been able to go physically but we still send things but then now we get to kind of dream up other ways right which we talked about how do we we had always wanted to do a summer school and teach them English. And um, I think with COVID, we all just saw that we could do things from far away that we didn't necessarily need to be there. So we have been thinking about how to do that, how to, how to start some sort of English program. Um, it's been many years. We started this back in, um, I think 2014 or 15. And 
since then, we have like some beautiful success stories. We have a little girl who is fluent in English. She graduated, she went to, she went to, to university, she graduated. She now has a car, which I know that to some people that's like the most normal thing, but to people who grew up in dirt floors, that is something unfathomable. Walk for oh. hours and hours and hours just to get to school. Oh or, gosh, oh. yes. Or they just stop because they can't get there. Mm -hmm. So she um, is now a grown a young woman. She has her own child. And then we have another one who also um, did university and she's quite the business lady. She went back and she lives in a very, in her small, um, in a very small town, but she basically supplies her little town with all of the necessities, you know, and, and just everyday things that they might not have access to go to because of the city, it's a little bit too far for them. So, um, I mean, we, we've seen, we've seen so many beautiful things along the way. And how has your, how have your children changed and evolved? I feel like it's just funny when you ask me that because I think it's just kind of normal. It's a way of living. It's just what you do, you know? Um, so I can't even tell you they were like this before and they, were, they are like this now. Um, it's almost like that's what they do. <laughs> it's, and yeah. I, think that's, I think that's the difference when when it's almost like something that's inherited, right? You inherit that from your parents. You grow up seeing that as a normal way of living. So okay. it's not even like you're doing something extraordinary, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, it's just what you do. And I love it because I, I feel like when you do that kind of thing, the gift is greater mm. for the person who does it. Because just that that feeling that you have from, 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 from spending an afternoon with these children. We've done many different ways. The other thing that we did as we were saying, okay, we want them to understand that it's not just about getting, right? So we also want them to spend time with us. We want them to, to talk to like my kids. I, I want them to have a conversation with Jack. I want them to be able to ask questions about what is it like to, be an engineer or to do this or to do that so one of those afternoons we gathered a group of like 60 kids and we played games and we gave you know whoever want we did like trivia questions and all related to education so whatever it was you know and um and that was a way of just spending time with them because i think that's also important mm -hmm. when you give it's important to um to not just give but to go a little bit more than just giving out the pair of shoes. Absolutely. The I, love, time. That. I yeah. love that so much. And that's why I love your project for so many reasons. First of all, I, you know, even though the children have the idea, you didn't knock it down. Like you were very open, <laughs> you know, cause there are sometimes, you know, children come to us as, and we think, oh my goodness. And then it just stops there. So I think adults need to open up their minds and open up their hearts. Because sometimes as we grow up, you know, we see things very differently as children and we need to be more open. Let them guide us sometimes because they really do have remarkable ideas. 
and they're still led with their heart, right? Whereas we see the obstacles. So that's the first thing. But the second thing, so I want to commend you on that because you could have easily done nothing. So, you know, but you didn't, right? So the other thing is, I agree with you that it's not just about giving, it's the connection. So many times going, um, I spoke with many people down when I went to Guatemala and most of them said to me, it's not about, getting money or receiving something. It's about bringing skills and teaching a skill so that when you leave, we have something to move forward with. So I think that's so important. And just that human connection, because um, the way that we grow up here in Canada and the States and the way that children grow up there, um, they don't really have time to dream. They, people don't teach them it's okay to want more. You know, they usually just grow up, you have to work, this is what we need to do for the family, and nobody questions it. So just for them to believe that they have possibilities outside of what they know is huge. So I love that you guys spent that extra time with them and that they were, you know, you're able to show them what's possible. Because, you know, here we take it for granted. It's like everything, we can do anything we want. You know, the only thing that holds us back is our own work ethic and our own um, imagination, but there people don't know, especially children, that there are options. That's why I really love that, that you mentioned that because it's, it's so beautiful. You know, I really do look forward to, to working with you in the future and, and, you know, <laughs> like just connecting our projects and it's going to be so beautiful. And I just, I don't know. It's so much of an impact, you know, and you say that for your children, it's a way of life and it's not like here they were before and here they were then. But if they hadn't had that foundation from you and from your grandmother, it would be a different story. It doesn't mean that they would be ungrateful. It would just be a different story. And I think that's why it's so important when people go on um, vacation that they do more than just lie on a beach and go on vacation. That's fine if that's what people like to do, but maybe take a couple of days from that time away, especially if you have children so that you can teach the next generation and do so. It doesn't have to be this big project. It's something, just thinking outside of yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. I think we are, as a family, we're very fortunate because I'm, I'm from Nicaragua. It makes it a little bit easier for me in a way to, um, I mean, like you said, I could be apathetic to the whole thing and just be like, I mean, that's, this is just the way it is in my country and the people who grew up like this, they, that there's no way out. Um, it's not the case for us, but at the same time, I gotta say that, um, that we do that all the time, but almost as we actually look forward to when we're going to Nicaragua and we, we schedule right, these many days we're going to spend with the kids. And then the rest of the time we do our thing, right? But, and that is just, that's what makes it so special, mm. to be honest. Because it's not, it is definitely not just about going to lie on the beach. That's kind of nice. I mean, that's beautiful. But when you get to be with this community, that is really what's life-changing. Mm. when you get to spend the time when you go to their houses and this 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 is something that i it never stops uh really 
wowing me that these communities that don't have a lot of, of anything, they always have something to give. It's so true. They always have something to give. And so even, if, sorry to interrupt, even if you don't want to take what they have, because you know they have so little, it's a form of respect, right? Absolutely. So. Absolutely. They will make you the most amazing meal or cup of coffee or, I mean, and it's just, to me, it's beautiful because that coffee, they probably grew it right in their backyard and they roasted it in a little pan and then they ground it and they gave and they made you a cup of coffee, which is amazing. And um, I, mean, I have seen, I really have seen poverty. Mm. Like I said, it goes, these people, it's the ones that don't have any floors, the ones that don't have refrigeration that in order for their water to stay cool, they have to go in those big ceramic, not ceramic, but those big jugs. I don't even know how, um, it's almost like a clay. Mm. And it's kind of funny because since I grew up also in that, I remember that taste, how the water tastes that comes from that clay pot, right? And there has that, and there's that certain taste, which is delicious. Of course, I grew up with it. So it brings me to my childhood. But um, it's those things that are so special. I, I mean, I can't even, that, there's just no words to describe that, how special that is. There's no words. And education is such a big part of everything as well like I was just thinking you know the fact that you did the educational games and you know and the English because in those countries learning English is such an door opener um, to jobs that pay more and that are necess not necessarily in the fields or then you know business grant like all those things just learning how to fill in an application for you know for a woman for example who wants to support her family and and wants to try to get a business grant or anything anything that's goal oriented how can we support you um with your project i know it's called nick aid like nick for nicaragua how can we support you with everything that you're doing oh my gosh thank you so much for that we, you know, I might have to get back to you on this because at the moment we're trying to see when we can um, go back over there. Mm. Um, we already talked offline, which I loved maybe uh, joining forces. And I know your project with the ukuleles, it's just absolutely beautiful and bringing music and education, I think go hand in hand because not just, again it's learning something right it's and it's learning something that just gives you that joy that sometimes you might need and you do that through music and then the educational component it's opening doors that maybe weren't there so I think those two things go hand in hand and we're going to be talking because you know that <laughs> you oh, know I've, already, that <laughs> I've already told my family I'm going to Nicaragua but um, I see from your background how passionate and healing you find music is as well. I understand your whole family um, finds it very healing. So yes, it's just, you know, and with the ukulele project, it's not just bringing music. It's like you said, making the children feel joy and forgetting about some of their hardships just for a little bit and connecting one-on-one -on -one and the excitement um, you know, that, and then from there, of course, you know, there's, there's help for some of those families of, of the project, but 
Yes, I really do. Um, I find, you know, sometimes you meet people in life that just kind of come together. And um, we were introduced by a former guest of mine um, who is remarkable as well, Gina. And she, and I don't know, I think um, I'm very appreciative of having to have met you. And I love that your children started this, you know, started this and that it's something that you do every year. And it's so impactful. When you think of what a, a backpack means here, you know, sometimes we buy a backpack for a child and it's like, oh, okay, we've got another backpack, you know? Um, I know my son loves his, so he uses his for like five, six years at a time, but most kids get a new backpack every year. And it's so much more than a backpack when you give it to somebody who is like actually excited about going to school. It's like they feel proud. You're giving them like the sense of pride and dignity and I'm worth something and somebody cares about me and I'm excited to go to school and all of these things that we take for granted, you know, and it part of it makes me sad that people do have to feel this way. But, you know, as givers, sometimes we feel guilty that we're not able to help more people. And I think when I think that's something we have to be careful about too. You know, the podcast is all about giving to ourselves and giving to other people. And it's so easy to feel that you're not helping enough. So sometimes I think it's a fine line between feeling the pain of these people, um, but at the same time, knowing that you're helping them, you know, because it can easily turn into something of happiness to feeling guilty about not being able to do more. And I know that I had a few moments like that in Guatemala, which, you know, it, I had a couple of days where it really hit me what I was doing there and the poverty around me. So I think we do have to know that living in a country like we live in, we shouldn't feel guilty about living here. We were just born in different circumstances, but it absolutely does mean that we have a responsibility to help other people, you know? If you're listening to the show and maybe you want to create your own project, talk to talk to Alita, talk to me. We can give you some insight on how we did it and how easy it is and how all of us can think more like children and make things simpler and just take action. Because, you know, I'm thinking of all the kids that you helped and how that's going to impact them and their generations. You know, it's not just a pair of shoes. Yeah. It's a pair of shoes that allows them to go to school without having cuts and then needing medical care and then having debt in their family. And it goes on and on and on. People don't see that side of it. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're totally right about, which is the reason why we, we did that smaller group that next time around, which is why we said, we're going to do we're going to invite the kids and we're going to know exactly who's coming by name, by shirt size, by shoe size, so that everybody, when they come here, and that was the 60 kids, uh, they will have their own very special package with their name on it, mm. that they know that nobody will leave uh, this house with nothing. And that was a way of also imagine our kids are young too, as, as we're helping, our kids are young as well. And, and, um, while you want them, you, you want to teach them to help, you also want to 
you can't cover the truth, right? You can't cover the need. It's difficult to explain. Yes. Yeah, they see it, but you can also allow them to just 100% feel like I did something beautiful without feeling guilty for not, you know, not, not completing or, or feeling like, oh, this was not enough. And um, I want to say something uh, funny too, that I, I don't know, you asked me how my kids are different. My kids don't get backpacks every year, not because I don't want to buy it for, for them, but just because they don't really care. They're like, oh, my backpack is just perfect. And it has whole, like Jack is a senior this year. I think he's had that backpack since he was like in eighth grade and he's got like holes and stuff. He's like, oh, I'm going to finish the year with the same backpack. It's totally fine. Like he just w- does not care. And Annabella, the same thing. I mean, they don't feel like, oh, I need a new backpack just because it's, and I don't know, maybe it has something to do with what they've seen, or maybe it's just because they don't care. Who knows? But <laughs> that's, uh, that's funny yeah, that, you know, that was a funny observation. Yeah. Cause I don't know, they teach us so much, but at the same time, like you said, we teach them by go- taking them to these places because, you know, for example, that day that you, you ran out of backpacks. Like, how do you turn to your, you know, your young child and explain that, yes, it's sad, but look at all the stuff we were able to do. Like, how do you explain? I know one of the observations my son made was a lot of barbed wire in Guatemala. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't understand why the rich people had barbed wire around their homes and the poor people had no homes. So it's just the desperation you know, and the fear of, of mingling those two cultures together, but you learn so much and you become less afraid, I think, as a child and more accepting of the world and more accepting of other people. And you expect perfection less often, which I think is really important, especially with, you know, this is a whole new topic, but especially with mental health, you know, a lot of us don't accept ourselves for who we are. And I find that giving um, and learning to receive too, as you said, is very important. It can really keep us in check with who we are. It can ma- help manage so many um, things that come at our at our life. It makes us more resilient, and it just makes us feel, you know, a little bit better about the world. And I think everybody wins, right? From the children creating the projects to the parents who are helping them to even the neighbors that came and donated to your first lemonade stand, how they felt. And perhaps then they had a discussion about their child behind closed doors about doing something similar. That's not even touching on the impact in these third world countries. That's just on our side. So you can imagine, you know, it's just a small thing has such a ripple. It really does help the family like it changes your family makes you closer it changes your community it changes their community it changes the locals like even your grandmother going back to um using the locals for for certain things like to it's just yeah and now you're doing it in your business so thank you so much for for everything that you're doing across the board i think it's a wonderful example of everything that we can all do we can all do this easily it, it is really, it is really not a far-fetched idea and, um, and it doesn't have to be fancy. I think that's when we, uh, that's when we have to think like kids, right? That, uh, and, and just take all the obstacles out and, and just go for it. Just do something that whatever 
gives you joy, really, you're going to in turn just um, give that to other people. And I think, like I said, it's just like this big, huge chain of love that starts with like your grandmother and even the people that came before her to the people that will come after. Because I know that it's almost that you leave a legacy of, um, of how to live. And I'm not even saying this, oh, high and mighty, you know, this is like when you ask me, how, how is, how does this impact? And, and to be honest, it's just like, it's not extraordinary for us. It's just, it's just, that's it. It's just part of, just part of everyday life. And, and, um, but then it just models something <clears throat> for your kids and it's what they're going to do in some way. It's probably not going to look exactly like the way we did it. But in some way, mm. they're going to be giving. And at the end of the day, what else would you like for your kids, right? But to um, for them to be kind and, and, and absolutely, and just um, uh, to know that there's people that are very different from them and that that respect, that compassion, that it just really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're different or not that it's the same level of compassion and giving and kindness that you show to absolutely everybody. So, so I would I love to, yeah. I would just love to interview your children because oh my gosh. I, think, absolutely. I think it's so important that we hear it from that generation, you know, and it's not to, like you said, it's, we're not coming from a place of being high and mighty and look what I did. It's nothing like that. We want to show you how easy it is so you can also do it. Absolutely. You know, and I think, you know, giving, there's so many good things about it. It also prevents like stress and disease and from ourselves too, just being able to give. And I find that the more we understand other people, the more we give ourselves permission to take care of ourselves. And we can't do any of this if we neglect our own needs as well. So it's always give and take. And um, yeah, because caregivers can become burnt out so easily too and we talk about that on the show too and how it's so important to look after yourself so that you can do these types of things Absolutely. you're always giving 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 to others mm-hmm. um then eventually you stop because you just can't do it anymore you're just it, it, the the pressure can be there to help everyone and so i think it's it's a fine balance you know between taking care of ourselves and, you know, and when we do have those challenges with the projects, there's always a way through them, yes. you know, and the way they evolve, I'm sorry, right. no. the way they evolve is something that you weren't even expecting, but it just, everything just has a life of its own and it just starts going in places where you didn't think. So that's also something really, something really beautiful because you're just allowing and, I think when you give to other people, it's so important also for them to give you back mm-hmm. <clears throat> because it's a way uh, for them to feel that they're not just taking mm-hmm. and it's a way of you receiving as well. Like what you say, you can't just give, give, give. I think there comes to a point in which there's a little, there's, it's not good. There's, there's, there's an imbalance there. Mm-hmm. And we had those kids, some of them did uh, folklore dancing and they wanted to uh, do a show for us. And of course, if we would have said, no, it's okay, you don't have to do it. 
then um, mm. that defeats the purpose on so many levels. So that's that's their way of giving back, of giving you that cup of coffee, of giving you that little plate of food, or bringing some little sweets or something that they just bought or they made and that's just as important to accept that yes. and to allow them to give as well I love it I know you know one of the things I miss about my son being little is all the handmade gifts yes. and those have always meant more to me the time that he put in and you know, than anything else. And I think he's starting to realize that because this past Christmas, his gift to me was he made a video of, of me and my husband and our relationship oh for the God. past 30 years. We've been together 30 years. And wow. where did you find these pictures? And where did you find, you know, it was just the time that it took. So even though it's, you know, some people might think of it as just a cup of coffee, like you explained so well. It's not just the coffee. There's a process to the coffee there. It's not just that they danced for us. It's the hours of rehearsing to make it perfect. You know, it's, those things are more, I don't know. I feel so much love when I receive things like that, more so than an item, you know, or giving back in a different way. And it's also a way to respect them and what they have to offer because they have their own gifts and the gifts they have can't be replicated, you know, by people maybe outside of that society, outside of, and I think that's when humanity takes place and you really can appreciate and get to know people so much more when you can receive those special things. You find out what's special to them what they have to offer, you know, how they think, what they believe in. And I think it's, it's quite rude not to accept, you oh, know, absolutely. and it can be very, very um, detrimental to their mm -hmm. well, their feeling of worth. For sure. For sure. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. Thank you for reminding us, you know, cause sometimes we grow up and we're like, no, 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 I don't want anything in return. And that's how we grow up to, to, to just kind of no, 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 but we can't, it's not, it's not right. I think we do need to show respect in that way. And it really helps. Like it just, I don't know, you know, with COVID, I'm just, I've got this itch in me to just go and do, do more stuff. And it's just, it makes me sad because I want to get out there, you know, but there's things that we can do to prepare in the meantime, while we're waiting for flight, it doesn't mean you, you, you just stop, you know, you can give in your community or you can, give to other things or just maybe even learn the language and get ready for for a trip you know the other thing that you mentioned that i really want people to know is that things evolve right so the first time you did that project you know then it evolves you learn that oh maybe you didn't have enough backpacks so the second time you change the way you do things when you have an idea and you want to create some change in the world for us, we like to do it international, but it doesn't have to be. It can be in your own community. But that when you do that, it can be made simple. And I think the more simple we show people it can be, the more people will do it, you know? And if it doesn't work right the first time, you can alter it and do it better the next time. It doesn't have to be perfect to execute, is what I'm trying to say. Like, don't let things hold you back. Oh, my gosh. And you'll be surprised how many people want to help. Mm, um, especially yes. so for example I told you we we invited our friends and and then from there it just grew how many people wanted to help 
some some people came with backpacks because they thought that they had to that they that we needed backpacks to be donated. So we got these super fancy backpacks, which those were the ones that we used as prizes, for example, when we did the games. So um, uh, so they they do or like the the shoe the kids that just uh, that they went and they did the shoes. So. But I bet you, like here, for example, in the United States, there's so many poor areas. I mean, probably even just almost just as poor as as Nicaragua, the the whole Appalachia and everything, and um, which my husband happens to be from that area. Uh, mm-hmm. And I bet you that if we just set, sent an email to to my to Jack and Annabella's friends and say we want to donate books. Mm. we would have more books than we need. So sometimes, it, you'd, like I said, you'd be surprised just not just how easy it is, but also how many people mm. are just willing to help and wanting to help. So you never do these things alone. You kind of start, yes. you start them, the idea starts, then the kids sort of, you know, pester <laughs> to go ahead and, and do that. Yes. And then you have this whole army of people that want to help. For us, it's really and truly an army. For us, it's not just the friends that help us here locally by giving us their money, but also in Nicaragua, my mom and um, my my nephews that are there. And sometimes when one of those trips, we were there and we weren't going to make it on time to to pack the things. Mm. So so my those kids did it. Uh, those kids did that packing that one time. So there's always an army of people behind all of these things. But that army is there for you. It's like you don't have to, you know, you don't, you don't really have to go recruiting so much. I mean, there's so many people that are willing um, and wanting to do that. So it's a huge. It's just I such a that. beautiful team of of people wanting to do to do this. I love that so much. You know. I, being an introvert, I know some people might think I'm not because, you know, I'm on here talking, but this is the only time I'm not introverted. It's when I connect with people I love, but, you know, being an introvert, I had a hard time asking for fundraising, asking for money. But when you think of where the money is going, what you're doing, you get over that real quick because it's not, you have to think of it as not, because that's a challenge for people. People sometimes have a hard time getting past the fact that, oh my goodness, I've got to ask for money. But you know, you need money to buy backpacks. You need money to do these things. And unfortunately, that's the way it is. Um, And you don't have to have the money. You can raise the money through other people. You know, it just takes a little bit from different individuals to make things happen. So if you are wanting to start your own project and your mindset is kind of stuck on asking, um, just know and remember, I should say, just remember why you're doing it. Remember, you're not asking for money for yourself. You're asking to help other people. And I think if you keep that in mind, why you're doing it, you will overcome that barrier. You know, because it can be a big obstacle when people you know, have, and the other thing that I, that I try to teach people is find something that means something to you when you decide what you want to give, because I think if you're passionate about what it is you're doing, um, whether it's education or music or whatever it is, or even teaching business skills to somebody, um, 
the more passionate you are about it, the more often I find you'll do it. And it's not something that will be short lived. You'll actually enjoy it yourself, which means you'll do it more often. So you'll impact more people. So I think that's important too. Don't just find something you don't care about. Like oh, even yes. if you're volunteering in your air, volunteer with something that actually means something to you that you care about. Sure, for sure. There's that's I, that's huge. That's what ski. That's what I was saying. Because that's when you're ignited by that, by something that just fuels your heart, then you can easily transfer. You can easily transfer that too when you're, um, if you need to do some fundraising. Mm -hmm. But again, we go back to the kids. For the kids, what what do you, for them, it's not asking for money. They were there waving those, you know, those <laughs> pamphlets and things that they made. Oh, they made them. They recruited their friend. All of the friends wanted to do that. They were taking turns, you know. Wow. You saw the you saw the video. Yes. What a whole I, all these kids that came from nowhere. It was just going to be mine, and all of a sudden, there's you know kids everywhere just <laughs> helping. And I don't even think they see it as asking for money. I think for us adults, it's like, oh no, I can't ask for money. But it's not even. I think for them, it's just you know nothing. It's just like exactly hey, what I mean. Like we have a mission to do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we will definitely have to link that video. So beautiful, made my heart smile so much. We will um, add the link to the show notes so everybody can, you know, subscribe to it. And it's just amazing. And again, you know, I commend you for not just not just the giving that you're doing with the project, but and teaching your children and all the things that I find fabulous about you, but also implementing that in your perfume business, you know, this comes full circle. So even if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening to this, there is a way to give back in your business too. And I think if more of us concentrated on that in general, it would just be great. There's so many possibilities and so many ways to make the world a better place. And sometimes it's the smallest things that connect us. You know, like you said, it was only 60 children. It wasn't just 60 children. Sometimes it's better to do 60 than 600 because you connect with them one-on-one. -on -one. You can't, with 60, you can make each individual one feel like they're somebody. Because sometimes when you live in these countries, it's all about working and food and hand to mouth and all of these things, like I had said earlier, and you don't have time to dream. But when you start to believe, hey, here's this woman from Miami, you know, or here's this person from, you know, Canada, the States or the UK, and their life is so different than mine. It's not more glamorous and it's not more this and that, but they have more possibilities. And with that, you can really open the mind of a child in another country. And I think that is the most important part is that you can give them hope. And just, I don't know, I just feel like so many people in these third world countries never have a chance to, to think of more than just what's happening in that moment. And they don't know that that's a possibility. They don't know that exists. So going somewhere like that and just even going for a visit and talking with the children really um, it opens their eyes like what is that like they don't recognize that you know they get so excited when you're walking down the street because you're like 
wow, there's something new and that doesn't <laughs> happen around here. And because all they see is what's right in front of them, right? And that changes everything. Like you said, the piece, couple of the people that you help are now, you know, one has a car, one has, it's just, it's not the car, it's owning something and getting there with their own, like their own sure. hard work. I mean, that's really nearly impossible mm. to do over there. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then what happens is just it creates that huge chain reaction because then their peers, right? Look, she did it. And they're the, the, the kids in that same group, mm -hmm. the people that they, she knows. Now she is the, that art of what's possible. She is the one that's going to be modeling that. Just like the other one who went to her little town. She is something that probably other people, someone that, that her other, you know, the other people that live in her town can look up to. Look what she did. Why can't I do that? So they don't even have to, to, to leave where, the place where they, you know, they grew up or anything. But right there, they start creating their own possibilities. Mm -hmm. They don't have to um, go somewhere else. You know what I mean? They know that within the place where they live, they can make a different life. And that's how it just starts going and going and going because then they're going to have kids and nephews and nieces and all the kids in their neighborhood. So that's where the ripple effect is completely beyond our control. So that's, that's one of the most I'm beautiful. So glad. I'm so glad we're having this conversation because it's not about ukuleles and it's not about backpacks and it's not about shoes. It's about connecting with other human beings and showing them that they too are worth something and what, is possible for them so that they can create change where they are because in these third world countries the only way things are going to change is if people know that it can change they can they do have a say you know what they feel matters in their community you know and if we can empower those people um you know that's that's what it's all about honestly is is creating long-term change right so thank you so much, Alita, for coming here today. I mean, we could talk forever, but, <laughs> you know, I just, I just love what you're doing. I love what your family is doing. Thanks for teaching us so many things and, and telling us about how this all started. And yeah, I wish you all the best with your perfumery. Mm -hmm. And I know that we're going to keep in touch. <laughs> for sure. I know. I know. I know it will be on the other side, whether it's Guatemala or Nicaragua. And we're definitely going to be, um, wow, just taking so much over there and bringing so much back. Yeah. bringing even more things than we didn't even imagine which is spreading sad. awareness right that's what it's about like yes. anybody can do it it's so easy you know just try <laughs> yes yes and for sure if anybody who's listening wants to get in touch with alita where can we find you you could find me at my website uh marbeaperfumes.com you could also email me which is elida at marbeaperfumes.com and you can find me on instagram Marbella perfumes. So you can add all the links there. <laughs> yes. Put all the links there. Yeah. And, you know, um, watch the video because I think it's going to open your hearts. I'm going to for sure link that here. And is there anything we didn't talk about today that you wanted to mention? Um, nothing. I think just honestly, don't think about it too much. 
when you travel, go find those local people, go see how they live, get to know them, get to know their foods, their, their way of living. Mm -hmm. And you never know what you'll find there. You never know how you will want to help either there or just somewhere else that's close to your heart. And it doesn't have to be in an internationally. It could be right here in your backyard. Mm -hmm. There's just so much to do, to give. And the benefits to ourselves are not that, honestly, it's just, of course, right? We don't do bonus. it for benefits. <laughs> it's, it's a bonus. Comes. It's a it bonus. Really comes, <laughs> it really comes back tenfold. And that's not really why we do it, but that's a very nice surprise. And, and the joy that comes from that, just that burst in your heart is something that's inexplicable. So go ahead and, and go, go out there and see how you can help. Thank you, Elida. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure to be here and to get to know you. And I'm just excited about what's coming. <laughs> so am I, I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> Want to receive updates and freebies from the Giving Starts With You podcast? Sign up at www.neliahut.com. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.